welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. We recognize that you are God forever. We recognize that you reign supreme in all of the earth. And we give you praise, O oh God. In this place today, our hearts are open to you. We receive of you, of your spirit, newness of life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Someone give the Lord a shout of praise. Someone give him a shout of praise. Glory to God. Have your seat in God's presence. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 11. Hebrews 5 and 11. I'm reading the Passion Translation. It says, we have much to say about this topic. Although it is difficult to explain. Because you have become too dull and sluggish to understand. For you should already be professors. Instructing others by now. But instead, you need to be taught from the beginning. The basics of God's prophetic oracles you are like children still needing milk and not yet ready to digest solid food for every spiritual infant who lives on milk is not yet pierced by the revelation of righteousness verse 14 but solid food is for the mature whose spiritual senses perceive heavenly matters and they have been adequately trained by what they've experienced to emerge with understanding of the difference between what is truly excellent and what is evil and harmful. There is a point in time in our lives where the world demands maturity of us. The world demands us to step into fullness. I said, for you should already be professors, instructing others by now, but instead you need to be taught from the beginning the basics. The basics of God's prophetic oracles. There is a time that we come to in our lives where we leave the basics and move on to some things that are more matured, some things that are uh, relevant. They are not. They are not. They are not milk. They are solid food. The Bible calls them solid food. He said, "But some are like children, still needing milk, not yet ready to digest solid food." So, Scripture has made it clear to us in very clear terms. That 
it is okay to need milk at certain times but at, at other times it's not okay because what's required of you is uh, solid food you should be able to digest solid food okay now for those who um, for every spiritual infant that's how the scripture puts it who lives on milk is not yet pierced by the revelation of righteousness it means that if I continue to take milk when I'm supposed to be matured then something has not happened to me I have not come to understanding I have not come to revelation yet that's why I still take milk though I'm matured and I need solid food but I'm not getting solid food not because solid food is not available but because I've not come to maturity I've not come to revelation I've not come to understand the knowledge has not dawned on me yet knowledge has not dawned on me what I titled this morning I want to talk hard I call it a nation with a bigger problem with a bigger problem with a bigger problem before you begin to think that the bigger problem lies in Asso Rock or lies in the Senate on the House of Rep or in the uh, governor's office before you begin to think listen look at the, the last part of that um, Hebrews 5 and 14 it says but solid food is for the mature whose spiritual senses perceive heavenly matters and they have been adequately trained by what they've experienced to emerge with understanding of the difference between what is truly excellent and what is evil and harmful. So everyone that falls in this category, everyone that falls in this realm, everyone that falls in this space, certain things are demanded of them. One, to perceive heavenly matters. Write that down. One, to perceive heavenly matters. Then, to have received training and then to have understanding and to differentiate what is evil and what is good. What is evil and what is good. Some time ago, I, I, I did, a, I did a, some kind of um, enlightenment or study as to when people die we complain we talk if if there if you're going now and you find that there's an there's an accident somewhere and they tell you oh 10 people just lost their lives oh, you feel bad you feel, how many of you will feel really really bad especially when you witness the accident right you probably go home and be like wow and especially if you were just at the nick maybe you just left there and it just happened and then 10 people just lost their lives you will feel so bad that wow this has just happened why because you you have some experiential knowledge am i correct or you hear that hey there's a plane crash and then everyone in the plane lost their lives and everyone is sad and feeling so bad and like wow why would such a thing happen right why because you have experiential knowledge and then as a nation we set maybe a panel 
a committee to discuss the matter. An investigative panel to find out what went wrong. And they set up a committee to discuss it. And we spend money to set up the committee. We pay people in the committee and we come up with different things and all that. Which, at the end of the day, it goes nowhere. But have you stopped to think how many how many women die every month from childbirth that we don't know of? Have you stopped to think that by my last count, it was 300 every month in Nigeria. 300 every month in Nigeria. That's why I call it a nation with a bigger problem. 300 every month in Nigeria. Have you stopped to think how many children die of not having clean water? Just clean water every month in this country. Have you stopped to think? So when I ask myself, I'm not putting down the protesters that died. I'm not putting down people that lost their lives. But I'm saying that look, I'm matured. I've stopped taking milk. There's a bigger problem here. This is just an offshoot of the bigger problem. It's just an offshoot. You and I are here today. By the end of October, 300 plus women would have died. Nobody knew about it from childbirth. So as I'm talking, I'm speaking to someone who, whom God has given an idea to solve childbirth problem. I'm speaking to someone whom God has given an idea to provide water solution. You see where God comes in. We are crying that people are dying from XYZ, but God has given someone an idea to solve birth issues problem, but that person is not doing it. People are dying from that. So God has given someone an idea to provide water solution for your community, for your environment. Someone is not doing it. People are dying from that. So when we cry and call on God that, hey, 10 people just had an accident and they died, that's not the problem. God has given someone an idea to solve the problem that caused that accident. But someone is not doing it. Someone is not doing it. Someone is not doing it. There is a bigger problem. And that bigger problem, I mean, think about it. Even if we have two plane crashes in a year, how many people are in a big plane? Maybe tops 150, right? If we have two plane crashes in a year and all of them died, that's how many? 300 in a year. Calculate how many women would have died in one year. 150 every month multiplied by 12. Nobody called any committee. Nobody called any panel to discuss the matter. Nobody. We all went about our lives. Easy and smooth. Easy and smooth. Why? We don't have the experiential knowledge of that one. But of 
this one we have. We saw it. It was there. But on that one, we don't know. Silent killers. Silently. So, in times like this, I ask myself, what's my role? What's my role? What's my space? What am I, what space am I occupying in society that allows me to walk with the, in the wheel and the plan of God such that all these things, I may not be able to stop all the deaths, but I can stop something. By the space that I occupy, by the office that I occupy, by the things that God is talking to me about, by the wisdom and ideas that God is talking to me about, I can stop something. It may not be much, but the space that I occupy is enough for God to do what he wants to do. I watched a documentary. Think about last week or so. This guy was really wealthy. And then he started living his life. You know, nightclubs, partying, here and there, all sorts. Got into drugs and lost a lot. And then he decided he was going to um, volunteer to help like an NGO or something like Doctors Without Borders or something like that. Join them and, and, and be part of them and help, help people around the world. And then he began to apply to different NGOs. And they, he applied to maybe close to 100 or so, I don't know. But they rejected him. The only one that accepted him said that for you to come, you would have to pay us about $500 every month. Because you are a risk. So he gave them his credit card. And then he joined. Came to Africa. Started helping out here and there started helping out here and there now they got to a particular state a particular city I can't remember the name of the city now at one time 5,000 people came out to receive medical care different conditions some had cholera some had malaria some had all kinds of diseases all kinds of diseases he said he stood. I was watching the documentary. I cried bitterly. Bitterly. with every. I cried bitterly. I was like, God, really? And then he showed the people, the crowd that came that day for the doctors to treat them. And they couldn't treat everybody. They had limited resources. The ones they treated went home. Others were there. Some came two days before. Some came three days before. You are here. You don't know what's going on. The world is bigger than your problem. It's bigger than I don't have, I have. It's bigger than all that. There's so much going in the world. People are dying from little things that we, we, you and I take for granted. I run in. I go there and come back. Someone doesn't have that luxury. Someone doesn't have that opportunity. So he said to himself, there's a bigger problem. He looked at all the people. He said there's a bigger problem. The problem is not that we have, we don't have enough doctors. The problem is not that we don't have enough medical uh, uh, um, stuff to, to give to these people. That's not, he said there's a bigger problem. He began to find out from the people, why are they falling sick? What's going on here? Why are so many people sick and all that? And then he traced it. 
to every home and found out that the water they were drinking was contaminated. There's a bigger problem. So right there, he said to himself, he went back to the U.S. Got a couple of his friends together and said, we need to help some people. They raised some money. He went back, built one well, took the picture of the well, shared it with his friends that contributed the money together, took a video, put it online, and said, this is what we're doing. Put GPS coordinates so that anybody can trace it and find out where that well is. And then his friends were like, wow, wow, this is great. And this one said, I support you with $50. I support you with $100. I support you with $200. He went back home, created an online page, and called it, I think, Clean Water Initiative or something like that. You can check it. It's online. And then, from one well, two wells, became three, became four, became five, became ten, became twenty. And they began to spread. He went to a club and organized the party and said, everyone who comes to this party and pays $20, we will use $15 or thereabout for charity. And people came to the party. Some dropped more than $20. And he took all that money, took all their data, name, address, phone number, XYZ, went back to Africa, built more wells, channeled all of them, copied, sent them an email, sent them pictures and GPS coordinates of where the wells are. And people started saying, wow, this is great, this is great. Showed them picture, real life picture and video of people who's drinking water. The water they are drinking, I can't use it to wash my car. The what I saw it live. The water they are drinking, I cannot use it to wash my car. And then brought smiles to their faces. I saw the video, I wept bitterly. I said, what am I doing here? What's my purpose? What's my plan? I mean, what, what exactly am I doing? I should be grateful to God for everything. And then, all over the world, people started donating in millions, in millions. And they began to build more wells and provide clean water guess what? The number of people the doctors needed to treat started reducing. There's a bigger problem. There's a bigger problem. When you and I begin to see beyond these things, begin to see beyond this little problem, begin to see that look, there's a bigger problem problem in a nation than the ones we are seeing obviously and then begin to ask questions how can I be a part of the solution our nation right now is in a state it gives me heartache I mean it's painful to my bone marrow painful to the point where sometimes when I see these things or read these things, there's a bigger problem. A bigger, bigger problem. 
bigger problem. The people looting is not the problem. How many of you know when there's an election in your constituency for you to vote? How many of us know? No, we don't know. We don't know. Do you know right now that there are some vacant seats in the rep and senate? We don't know. <laughs> we don't want to be part of it. But that's where the solution starts from. And they know these things. So they make it difficult for us to access knowledge. I've been trying to get my PVC for God knows how long. Because they know that someone like me will not want to wait in the queue and, and you know, stay under the sun and be all that. They're happy, but the thoughts will go there and get all these things. But you and I will not. We don't have time for that. We're busy people. That's a bigger problem. We're busy people. So because we're busy, we can't get the PVC. And then someone comes into power and messes up. And we say that's the problem. That's not the problem. There's a bigger problem. There's a bigger problem. Read that scripture again. It said solid food is for the mature. Whose spiritual senses perceive heavenly matters. And they have been adequately trained by what they've experienced. To emerge with understanding of the difference between what is truly excellent. And what is evil and harmful. They've trained themselves to a point where they are able to discern and know exactly what is going on and how to place themselves appropriately. How to place themselves appropriately. When I moved into where I'm staying right now, I noticed they were always having issues in the clothes. Having issues, having issues. How paying the security and all that and all that and all that. And by virtue of what I do for companies and organizations, I found out that I can manage this process. It's not a it's something I can do in my sleep. So the time came for them to elect new executives. I'll be a fool not to be part of it. So I I I, I joined in part of the executives and for the first time in their history they saw some changes they never believed was possible somebody woke up to responsibility so if we see certain things that are not going right in our office in our home in our community and environment somebody there is not doing what he's supposed to do one righteous person has not risen up to take responsibility for that space. That's simply what it is. That's simply what it is. There's a bigger problem. A bigger, bigger problem. Is it the education system? There's a massive problem there. Massive problem there. You ask someone, Hey, how come you're not in school yet? I said, oh, um, I didn't get all my papers. Which paper did you not get? He said, English. 
English. Eh? Please, what language did you use to write the other papers that you passed? Eh, it's English. So how come you used English to write government and commerce and you passed it? And then the same English, you could not pass that English. There's something wrong with our education system. There is something wrong. Look at the nations of the world that are prosperous. They speak their own language. Germans go to school and they teach them with German. Chinese people go to school, they teach them with Chinese. Or Mandarin. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. And then the same guy cannot get into the university because he didn't pass English. What exactly did he not pass? It is not the spoken English. It's the technicality of it. Please tell me, what does he need it for? What does he need it for? The subjects that create and that change the world, math, English, chemistry, physics. All every other one is rubbish. English does not create anything. The subject that creates and that change the world, math, English, chemistry, physics, and probably maybe biology. Every other thing does not do anything. And the nations that are prosperous, they understand this thing. They know these things. So they train their people in that space. They train their people in that space. There's a bigger, bigger problem. There's a bigger problem. I saw someone. One, she, she, she sings. Her English is not too good. But she sings. She came out with a song. I like the song. But I'm sorry, I will not buy the song. Why? Because she was trying to speak English with Yoruba accent. But if you hear her Yoruba boy, Hear her sing in Yoruba. You will you you shed tears. So I'm asking myself, why are you trying to find expression in another man's language? But that's the society we're in. That's the society we're in. The German will sing in his German language. The French man will sing in his French language. What's our problem? What's our problem? So she came up with a song in English. It didn't do well. I wasn't shocked. I wasn't shocked. But check out Bolare. <laughs> check out some other people like that that have Yoruba. Um, there's this other lady I can't remember. Check out Fino. Fino doesn't send you. He sings with his Igbo with his Igbo language send you. But it's gone all over the world. You can't be limited. No. Pidgin is the proof of a people's struggle with another man's language. Have you heard the Chinese man try to speak Pidgin or English before? Quack! You're Indian people. Hear them speak the, the English they try to speak. But 
that's not the goal. The goal is not the technicality. The goal is the communication. Jerusalem. How many of you know the meaning? Before you, you went to search the meaning before you started enjoying the song. What concerns you? The thing is flowing, it's flowing. It's flowing, it's flowing. There's a bigger problem. We cannot be limited. You cannot be limited. And people in business, the same thing. It's a bigger problem. The fact that you do business doesn't make you an entrepreneur. No. That you do business doesn't make you an entrepreneur. Who is an entrepreneur? Someone who finds strategic solution to problems. That leaves a legacy beyond himself or herself. I can't call Steve Jobs an entrepreneur and then call someone who is supplying cement an entrepreneur. You're not an entrepreneur. You're a business person. So when we begin to think in that space, it may take us 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. But the moment our mindset begins to change, the nation we call our own begins to change. I told us the other day that Singapore was in a worse state than we are. And in 1965 or thereabout, Singapore went to Malaysia and said to Malaysia, bring, let us come, take us as a state in your nation. This is life. This is, I'm talking history. Take us as a state in your nation. Let our president become governor. Our governors will become local government chairman. Because we can no longer rule ourselves. They were so poor. And Malaysia said to themselves, we'll think about it. And they said, if we imbibe a poor Singapore, we will become poor too as a nation. So they broke out of the partnership. One man came into the scene. Check him out. Ask, this is I'm telling you are research. I, 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 I do these things because my mind is boiling. What is wrong with us? Something is fundamentally wrong. Something is wrong. I'm asking myself, how can a nation grow? The only thing that is natural about Japan is the people of Japan. Nothing. They don't have anything. It is the people of Japan that is the only, only natural thing they have. But here, it's like the, the things, the natural things we have have blinded us from what is real. We have so much of nature that we have become complacent. We can't think anymore. We can't think anymore. So a man came by the name Lee Kuan Yew and began to change Singapore. Mass education of the people. That's what that scripture was saying. Understanding. Mass education of the people. Their mindset began to change. Today, today, Americans are trying to naturalize to become Singaporeans. And I'm not talking of small, small people or just 
ordinary everyday people. I'm talking of strong minds, strong minds, big minds, entrepreneurs, people who we think as that are making waves already in the US. Why? Because someone stood up and said something must change. I can give you stories of nations. Is it Rwanda? Is it South Africa? We've seen these things happen before. Something is wrong. There's a bigger problem here. Until we take responsibility for the space that God has given to us. Until we take that responsibility and begin to think in that space, we'll stay where we are. I'm sorry. We'll stay where we are. Until we begin to think beyond ourselves, we'll stay where we are. We ain't going nowhere. The change that we want, the change that we so desire cannot come. It's not a curse. No, it cannot come. It cannot come. It is the people of Japan that makes up Japan. California, California's economy is I think about the fifth largest economy in the world. What makes it so? It is the of California. The workforce in California. Their GDP alone is more than some African countries' uh, um, GDP. A whole nation. Why? The people of California. Why? They rose up to a responsibility that is beyond them. Something is fundamentally wrong. The moment we begin to face the bigger problem, the better. I went out to protest and someone was like, oh, why would you go? Da, da, da. I said, you don't understand. You don't understand. I'm not protesting for violence. No. There's a bigger problem. And the moment we begin to see and tackle it from that point, the better. The first thing is the mass education of the people. People are grossly ignorant. I'm not going to call them illiterate. I'll use the word ignorant. 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 In everything that we do, legacy must be the driving force in our commitment. We must choose legacy, responsibility, over comfort and convenience. Over comfort and convenience. Over comfort and convenience. On Friday, during the prayer, dominion prayer session, God said to me, four things. And I was asking questions. That, why are we living like a nation without a leader? And then why are we living like a people without a God? God has to speak. He has to say something. And then he said these four things to me. He said, one, say to the righteous, it will go well with them. So whatever the situation in the nation right now, say to the righteous, it will go well with them. 
then he said, judgment is coming to the wicked. It shall go badly with him. It is scripture. It is scripture. So with these things, I'm comforted. I'm comforted. And then he said, we will arise from the ashes as a nation. And lastly, he said, greater is coming. Greater is coming. That's where that part of scripture says, solid food is for the mature whose spiritual senses perceive heavenly matters. So in this situation, we will not be moved by the society, but we will allow our spiritual sense to perceive heavenly matters and know what God is saying part time and every time. Stand to your feet. There is a bigger problem. But to me, the presence of the bigger problem is even really not the problem. Where I find the problem is when people don't take responsibility for the space that God has given to them. That's where I find the bigger problem. Where people don't take responsibility for that space that God has given to them. They don't take that responsibility. One prayer I would have you pray this morning is Lord, help me to see and take responsibility. Because God is counting on you. Scripture would say things like, I sought for a man and I found none. I sought for a man and I found none. And I found none. And I found none. So when there's something wrong, when there's a gap that needs to be filled or needs to be plugged, there is a man that is not taking responsibility. So lift your hands this morning and say, Lord, help me to take responsibility. Help me to take responsibility. The dreams in your heart, why are you chasing those dreams? The visions, the goals ahead of you. Why are you chasing them? What's the purpose behind it? What's the purpose behind it? Is it just for comfort and convenience? Or there's legacy there and responsibility? It has to be beyond you. It has to be beyond you. The Bible calls God the father of lights. That does good to all. He does good to all. He does good to all. There is no born again rain. There is no Holy Ghost son. No. He gives everybody son. He gives everybody rain. That goodness is supposed to come out from us. To the whole world. We will not limit our goodness to a certain people. No. We will not. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.